Hi, everyone. Before we get started, I just wanted to tell you really quick about a really great podcast you might be interested in subscribing to. It's called Rumor Flies. It's a really funny podcast that explores the origins, evolutions, and veracity, really, of myths, legends, and rumors. If you have a chance to check it out, I highly recommend it. It'll definitely be worth your time. For over a year and a half, a small frontier inn on the Great Osage Trail in Labette County of what would later become Oklahoma would welcome weary travelers for a night of rest, only to dispatch its wealthiest patrons in brutal fashion. The inn was run by an odd family named Bender. The family of four were believed to have been German immigrants and had settled in the area as members of a spiritualist group. Ma and Pa Bender spoke little to no English, while the younger Kate and John Jr. spoke well and with little or no accent. Kate even marketed herself as a medium and offered her clairvoyant services to help locate the missing travelers who would later be discovered to have been buried on the property. By the time the family was found out, at least 11 people would have lost their lives at the hands of the Benders. This is their story. In October of 1870, the Bender family was one of five spiritualist families to settle in Labette County along the Great Osage Trail. The small group settled in the newly cleared Indian Territory that would later be called Oklahoma. The Bender family consisted of four people, Ma and Pa, who were known as John and Elvira, and the two younger, John Jr. and Kate. There was some confusion as to whether or not Kate and John Jr. were brother and sister or if they were common-law husband and wife. In any case, the family soon settled in and built a small homestead. The homestead included a small barn and corral for livestock, a well, and a two-room log cabin. The back room of the cabin served as the living area for the family, while the front room was set up as a dry goods store and a small inn called the Wayside Inn. Osage Trail travelers, typically looking to move west, would be welcome to stay the night for a small fee. Ma Elvira and Pa John spoke very little English. As German was their native tongue, they relied on the younger benders, John Jr. and Kate, to translate. Ma and Pa were aggressive and threatening. Folks generally tended to avoid them when possible. Jr. and Kate, however, were friendly and welcoming. John Jr. was known to laugh freely, often and frequently at seemingly nothing. Some considered his aimless laughter as a sign that he may have been a half-wit. Kate, on the other hand, was quite lovely and admired by those she met. In addition to being admired for her lovely face, she was also sought out for her metaphysical talents. She advertised herself as a medium and a spiritual healer. She even gave lectures on spiritualism and conducted seances. She also gained a bit of notoriety for advocating free love. It was Kate's popularity that drove much of the business, and she became a sought-after attraction at the inn. Little did the community know, but the family-run inn had, within a year, begun a grisly side business in the spring of 1871. In May of that year, the body of a Mr. Jones was discovered with his throat cut and his head bashed in. His body was found in Drum Creek, and the owner of the property was the original suspect. Though not enough evidence existed to do anything, and he was not prosecuted. 
Another two bodies were found the following February with similar injuries. The deaths were frightening, but no arrests were made as thieves and villains were relatively common in the area. It was not until 1873 that the reports of missing people had become too common a thing to be ignored. Vigilance committees were developed, and the local men came under suspicion. However, all of the men arrested and questioned about the disappearances would be released by the authorities, and people continued to disappear. Things began to get serious in the winter of 1872 when George Longcore and his infant daughter Marianne disappeared. Mrs. Longcore had recently died, and the grieving father wanted to be near family. They were relocating from nearby Independence, Kansas, to Iowa. The father and child stayed only a night at the Bender Inn and were never seen again. In the spring of 73, Dr. York, a former neighbor of Longcore's, began looking for the man as he had heard no word for months. Dr. York traced the father and child to the Bender Inn. As was the case with Mr. Longcore, Dr. York was lost. That November, his brother, Colonel Ed York, arrived on the Great Osage Trail with a company of 50 men. He questioned every traveler he met and made inquiries at all the inns and homesteaders along the trail. On March 28, 1873, he arrived at the Benders Inn and explained his mission of finding his missing brother. The Benders admitted to having hosted Dr. York the year before, but suggested he had run into trouble with natives or bandits who were known to stock the area. Finding the explanation plausible, the colonel left, only to return on April 3rd with armed men. His suspicions were re-aroused after hearing that a woman had fled the house in terror after being threatened with a knife by Ma Bender. He confronted the family who denied the claim. Ma Bender became enraged at the accusations and argued in perfect English that the woman was a witch who had cursed her coffee. She was completely incensed at the accusations of the men and ordered them from her house. Before York left, Kate asked him to return that Friday night, and she offered to use her clairvoyant services to help find his brother. York declined the offer. He and his men were convinced the vendors were responsible for the disappearance of his brother and the others, and set about searching for evidence. Around the same time, Accusations regarding all the disappearances were being made in the neighboring communities. A warrant was issued for all the homesteads along the Osage Trail to be searched. A community meeting was held to announce the warrant and to begin the searches. Pa and John Jr. were in attendance. Three days later, when investigators reached the Wayside Inn, the benders were discovered to have packed up and left. They disappeared and left behind an empty house, and a trap door in the floor was nailed shut. During the search, a terrible odor came from beneath the floor and the trap door was pried open to reveal an empty cellar about six feet deep. The floor was broken up and the earth dug into, but nothing was found. It was determined later that the stench was that of the blood that had soaked into the stone floor and the ground beneath. Searchers started probing the soil around the house and the garden with a metal rod. This was how the first body was discovered. Dr. York had been buried in the orchard with his feet barely below the surface. Another nine suspected graves were marked as a result of the probing. The following day, eight bodies were found in seven of the suspected graves. 
Another body was found in the well, along with numerous body parts. All of the victims were found to have suffered a smashed skull and sliced throats. A small girl was also found, but the body showed no signs of major injuries, and it was suspected she had been strangled or perhaps buried alive. The benders were never officially found, though they were tracked as far as train stations. The family had left town in a hurry, abandoned their wagon and horses, then boarded a train. John Jr. and Kate got off the train near Denison, Texas, while Ma and Pa continued on to St. Louis. From there, the trail went cold. During the investigation and search, it was revealed that Elvira Ma was actually Almira Meek. She had been born in the Adirondack Mountains and had been married to George Griffith. In this marriage, she had borne 12 children. She had then remarried several times, and each of her husbands had died of head trauma. It was also discovered that Kate was Elmira's actual fifth daughter, born Eliza Griffith. After her own marriage to John Jr., she went by the name Sarah Eliza Davis. John Jr. had been born John Gebhardt, the son of German immigrants. Pa Bender, as it turns out, was the only member of the family who was actually from Germany. Or Poland, no one is really sure. His real name was John Flickinger. Over the next years, several arrests were made, but the individuals were released on the basis of mistaken identity or due to lack of evidence. However, in 1884, it was reported that John Flickinger had committed suicide in Lake Michigan. A few years later, on October 31, 1889, Mrs. Elmira Monroe and Mrs. Eliza Davis were arrested in Niles, Michigan. Their identities had been confirmed by a witness using photographs of the benders. Mrs. Davis, or Kate, then signed an affidavit while in custody that Mrs. Monroe was in fact Ma Bender. The pair were arrested and subsequently extradited to Oswego, Kansas, as that was where the trial was scheduled for February of 1890. However, the date was held over into May, and unwilling to pay for the women's additional three months of boarding, the county released them and the trial never happened. In the end, at least 12 people and one child fell to the Bender family, and an indeterminate number of others before and after the family came together. We will never know what happened to Ma, Pa, Kate, and John Jr., but we do know that they left a mark on a community that lasted for over a hundred years, and the story of what they did has inspired movies, books, documentaries, and horror stories. That's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode about the Bloody Benders. If you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe and leave a comment as it helps others find us more easily. Spread the word by liking us on Facebook or following on Twitter and Tumblr. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or an idea for a podcast, please send us a message on Facebook. Until next time.